0: Love this podcast, support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: Um, everyone in the chat is discussing the first vision, I think. And yeah, okay. In principle three, again, down at the bottom here joseph smith recorded other revelations and it goes on about the doctrine and covenants the pearl of great price and says these books of scripture show us that god continues to give revelation to guide his children now that that could be true um that you know god continues to give revelation
2: did anyone ever ask you why we don't add to these scriptures you know (sighs) that's one that gets me If we've been saying since 1986 that, you know, the doctrine of covenants is more scripture and then we get to, you know, we're in 2022, why aren't we getting more scripture now then?
1: Sister PD, this is why I bring you the open canon of scripture, which I would argue was closed long ago. So I did a bit uh, bit of homework earlier. The Bible ends with the book of Revelation written on some Turkish island around 95 AD. The Book of Mormon ends 400 AD. The Pearl of Great Price ends with the Articles of Faith in 1842. The Doctrine of Covenants ends with Section 138 in 1918. The Official Declaration on Polygamy, Declaration 1, 1890. So in the last over 100 years, we've had one Official Declaration, number two, on race and the priesthood 1978 and you can see here on the right hand side the revelations canonized revelations um and the fact that this is spencer w kimball giving uh the race and the priesthood this is wilford woodruff giving um polygamy um brigham young can't remember what he gave john taylor this was the one john taylor all committee, because the church declassified the section in the doctrine and covenants as being given by john taylor it was now um, by a committee speaking about the death of joseph and hiram so you can see that it's it's pretty thin on the ground joseph was the one who uh, gave the scripture and to say because you always go on about like oh it's a true and living church it's living because we receive revelation but revelation is scripture but we don't canonize anything Like, who would have thought that by this time, the family proclamation to the world would not be in the standard works, at least with the declarations in the back of Doctrine and Covenants?
2: Well, I was just going to say that. If we moved on from declarations to proclamations now, but do they not mean that that's not the same?
1: I think the problem that they've had would be that the family proclamation is not the first proclamation. So if they canonise that one, do they canonise all of them? And if they canonise all of them, they're going to canonise a really nasty one about the uh, Negroes.
2: Do you remember the um, slightly lesser viewed proclamation recently of um, Rusty in the Trees?
1: Rusty in the Trees?
2: Yeah, we've had the proclamation of the Restoration. You're gonna need to look that up. You you were you were somewhere else back then. It was really recent and it was really <coughs> rubbish. Rubbish. You, you'll
1: remember it. Okay. Okay. Principle four, the restoration of the church. Now, this is where it all goes a bit a bit awry for Joseph. Go on. I was on.
2: just about to say, is this not where it all gets good for the investigators? They've been down that, you know, and now
1: this is what the church want them to know. And for anyone thinking, do they teach something different today? No. Preach My Gospel pretty much says the same thing. It just says it in um, a better order and more flowery language. Where I preach my gospel, where I've seen big departures, I point them out. Or where there's anything extra that is, I think, good, we'll point it out. But Joseph Smith received the Aaronic Priesthood. Now, the beginning of May, first weekend in May, every year is priesthood restoration weekend and young men march all over the world to go and say a prayer somewhere and then get up on sunday and they all give talks about the priesthood being restored and it's a really good story isn't it so we've got the ironic priesthood being restored by
2: oh i'm so sorry if you didn't prep me on that one
1: john the baptist (laughs) and then we've got the melchizedek priesthood being restored by
2: and you whisper that one in my ear
0: peter james and john
2: okay i could just read it my mind i'm so sorry I already moved to the female bit but i'll just wait my turn
1: okay okay so but it's it's very interesting and we'll get on to so before we move on in the slides um it sets up the priesthood then it says what ordinances can be uh carried out by that priesthood <gasps> funnily enough ba- wow. baptisms one of them then it says the church was organized in 1830, and then it goes on about the name of the church and declares that it's the only true church. So this is almost what they would like you to think chronological order was because the ironic priesthood and the Marquesic priesthood were said to be 1829. Then you've got the church being organized in 1830, and that brings us up to date today. The church is named after Christ.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. I thought this was the 1835 important bit.
1: It, we're about to get there baby we're about to get there right so priesthood restoration in the early church joseph smith and oliver Cowdery did not preach the need for literal bestowal of priesthood power ah. and that in the early church in the 1830s there was no such thing as the ironic priesthood or the marquisic priesthood no one knew about it until
2: 1835
1: 1835 <laughs> boom So uh, John's visit was supposedly the 15th of May, 1829. And then this is weird. Peter, James, and John.
2: Oh, bringing the secondary, more important priesthood with no date recorded.
1: Yeah. But, but like, that's got to be one of the most important dates in, like, church history, and no one knows when it was.
2: Maybe it happened on the 31st of Never.
1: or the 30th of february that year yes so uh at the bottom we can see there these specific problems pointed out by uh mormon think joseph and oliver cowdery failed to testify to members nor record anything about the appearances of john the baptist and peter james and john in any publications prior to 1834 five years after the events purportedly took place nor did they teach that men ordained to officers in the church we were receiving priesthood authority. Nobody in or out of the church knows the exact date of the restoration of the Melchizedek priesthood, which is just weird. Mm-hmm. Joseph Smith and other early members stated that the first conferral of the Melchizedek priesthood happened in June 1831 in Ohio at a conference of elders, and that Joseph himself was ordained to the high priesthood by church elder Lyman White at the time so they were they were self-ordaining in 1831 but then in 1835 we've um yeah we've we've come up with this new way but this is the best bit
2: all i'm gonna say is they've missed a trick there had they got that date we could have had a primary song about that
1: (laughs) yes so joseph and oliver changed the wording of earlier revelations no. when they compiled the 1835 doctrine and covenants adding verses about the appearances of john the baptist and peter james and john as if those appearances were mentioned in the earlier revelations which they weren't the book of commandments which later became the doctrine and covenants says nothing about these appearances
2: yeah, there seems to be some uh, confusion going on.
1: Yeah.
2: But that's not to be highlighted to the investigators during the discussion.
1: Well, no, up here, this uh, this wording at the top uh, next to Priesthood Restoration is from today's Preach My Gospel taken from the website um, in the last day or so. Do you want to read that?
2: After the appearance of the Father and the Son, other heavenly messengers, or these could have been angels, were sent to Joseph Smith and his associate Oliver Cowdrey. John the Baptist appeared and conferred upon Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdrey the Aaronic priesthood, which includes the authority to perform the ordinance of baptism. Peter, James, and John, three of Christ's original apostles, appeared and confirmed the Melchizedek priesthood upon Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdrey, restoring the same authority given to Christ's apostles anciently, with this priesthood authority Joseph Smith was directed to organize the church of Jesus Christ again on the earth through him Jesus Christ called 12 apostles
1: so the question is if it was so important that he needed the authority directly from Christ through the zombie apostles why didn't he go straight home and write it in his diary? Why didn't Oliver? They could both write. Oliver was a school teacher.
2: Because they weren't instructed to do such a thing.
1: And why do they remember the exact date of John the Baptist coming? One zombie, but three zombies. Hell no. They don't remember that. They're just like, oh, yeah, it was. I can't really remember. I was kind of in a, a psychedelic mushroom phase. I know it was somewhere in that week. Um, yeah so as mark crispin would say because joseph invented everything and we're about to find out why so 1835 what was happening in 1835 that meant joseph needed to up the ante and make up john the baptist coming and peter james and john
2: please don't ask me any more questions
1: that's just a rhetorical <laughs> okay zions camp This was one of the big ones. Zion's camp was an expedition of Latter-day Saints led by Joseph Smith from Kirtland, Ohio to Clay County, Missouri, a long way, during May and June 1834 in an unsuccessful attempt to regain land from which the saints had been expelled by non-Mormon settlers. So they heard that this persecution was going on and Joseph was like, well, I'm putting together a posse of 2,000 priesthood holders who didn't know they were priesthood holders and we're going to head over to Missouri and we're going to take back the land
2: by priesthood power
1: yeah and they didn't um i can't remember exactly what happened but it was unsuccessful 14 people lost their lives in the process okay. of just marching across um but yeah it, there was there was a real crisis in his leadership in 1834 um so when Joseph and Oliver this this section here is from an insider's view of mormon origins from grant palmer and um yeah he grant palmer amazing the late grant uh, grant palmer sorry um but he speaks about the fact that they mentioned these when they were facing a credibility crisis that threatened the church's survival because there was a guy named helbert dp helbert that was employed to investigate joseph's past And he was hoping to bring him down from the high station, which he pretends to occupy. And Hurlbut basically went back to New York and started interviewing everyone about Joseph's treasure digging and about his, you know, criminal, I guess, con man past and different things. So the church has really grown. No one really knows, um, you know, about.
2: Yeah, they don't really know about him. They don't
1: know him. They just see him, you know, stand up. And this Hurlbut guy goes back and brings back after david's from joseph's in-laws back in pennsylvania um, about joseph's treasure digging and his supposed motivations for starting mormonism also ed howe published his book um in november 1834 and basically they were getting some real pushback from the brethren um there is apologies um
2: i just need mark crispin to type in the chat what goat means is this a young word and i'm not down with the kids or am i am i reading too much into that
1: sister pd go greatest of all time
2: see i'm not down with the kids yeah
1: greatest of all time i need you need to watch more tv i'm stuck
2: in 1835.
1: (laughs) yeah but basically um as alyssa's saying um there was the banking crisis losing members money and different things i don't know if that was a couple of years after but basically joseph had screwed up majorly there was a big apostasy coming um and he needed a way to kind of make him top dog again because you,
2: you don't mean to say that as the church sees that they're losing people or come under threat, that they change something to give the people that are following them a little bit more of a reason to stay and feel more power, do
1: you? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, it. I've
2: it's never seen that happen.
1: crazy, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. But Joseph Joseph needed not just to give them more, he needed to reaffirm his place at the top. And the way he did that was made sure that all authority flowed through him. So before this time, all authority was uh, conferred by, so his was conferred by Lyman White, who was an elder in the church. You know, yep. they were just, they were just ordaining each other. So then it gets to this point where he's like, no, wait, you need it from uh zombie apostle.
2: Which is where I got it from.
1: Yeah. Cause I've been hanging out with them in the woods.
2: Sorry. I'm still internally laughing about the go.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Names of the church. So we know that Russell M. Nelson's got a real issue with this. And I don't know why, because he's screwed up. Right. Church of Christ. That was the first name. Do you know why that was the first name? I do not. Because in Third Nephi 26, 21, it reads, And they who were baptized in the name of Jesus were called the Church of Christ. So?
2: I like it. Short, catchy, simple.
1: Yep. So Joseph set it up. They went, they went full bore on the Book of Mormon and said, we are the Church of Christ because we are the same church that Christ set up um, way back when. But that only lasted till like 1834 because there were a lot of other Church of Christ as well okay. from other religions. So then they said, oh, what can we do to really differentiate ourselves? Let's be the Church of the Latter-day Saints.
2: And dropped the christ yes
1: and that is where on this right hand picture the house of the lord this is a kirtland temple still today 1834 oh, wow. built by the church of the latter-day saints and that's why it says that it's not to save space that's actually what the church was called in 1834 in 1834
2: up to 1838 so now, we're on a
1: four-year cycle at the minute yeah yeah Their pr department was um they've got a pretty strict thing going these next three were just names that they other names they were known by but there is no particular kind of date or anything okay there's other names at the at the time that were knocking around maybe they were just floating out there to see if anyone liked them the church of jesus christ the church of god or the church of christ of the latter day i don't like that one. no oh no wait no that's the one Number five, Church of Christ of Latter-day Saints. That was 1838 to
2: 1851. It's just not right without the...
1: Yeah, well, then what they did is obviously the church splintered in 1844 following Joseph's death and Brigham Young took everyone back to the valley, or to the valley, not back to it, to Utah and then the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints with a little d, um Hyphenated and little d. Is
2: it's, that right?
1: Yeah, they made a point of that.
2: She's reaching. Here you go. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is. No. Yeah.
1: That's all capitalized.
2: Yeah, but I, I I've never seen the hyphen before.
1: Oh, you be not? Isn't it weird that we were both able <laughs> within like two seconds to put our hands on missionary badges for for an apostate couple? Wow the crap we keep.
2: And I've learned some about you.
1: Yeah. So, we had a hyphen. But they were incorporated as a Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, and there are many other businesses under that name, but that is now a um, copyrighted name that the church owns all the rights to. So we shouldn't say it too many times or they'll send us a bill. Okay. Okay. But you, you'd think that they could do a better job of going back to the Book of Mormon one. You know what?
2: I quite liked Church of Christ.
1: The, the no, right, okay. I'm predicting now, get the bookies out. The bookies have had a good mention tonight. Get them out, 50 years time, there will be an adjustment in the Book of Mormon that changes, 3 Nephi 26, 21. And it will say, and they who were baptized in the name of Jesus were called the Church of Jesus Christ of early day saints. Come on.
2: You're still what's <laughs> in.
1: OK, so the name. Uh, but principle five, membership in the true church. So we're really getting towards this baptism thing now. If they have not already committed to baptism, they are going to.
2: Um, I think you're wanted. Is this the official? Is this the official one whereby in discussion three, if you'd not already done so in discussion 1 no it's not is is in your manual are you told to make the invitation in discussion 1 or is it here in discussion 3
1: you make the invitation constantly okay you start in discussion 1 and if you've still not managed to beat them into it you just keep on going
2: i'm just looking there about tell the investigators a little bit about the current like president of the church and the twelve apostles. Do you have like a little facts, Twelve facts about Rusty's, <laughs> about Rusty that all investigators should know. And you pull out a little thing in your pocket.
1: Yeah, no, that that would be good, wouldn't it? Um, you know what? So Sister PD just pointed at my phone because it's just past nine o'clock here in the <laughs> United Kingdom, which means that the uh, children's screen time has just switched off. So there will be children running around the house right now.
2: Trying to get through that door.
1: Yeah. And she was saying you wanted. And I felt like saying we should teach the kids that they need to knock on the door and we say what is wanted and they need to say, Erin, having cleaned my room, <laughs> desires more, more screen time. time. Uh, I'll just sort that out. Um, So, but in this section, it really goes for apostles and prophets today because, um, do you want to just read from, I'll just put the cursor here, they.
2: Oh, it kills me. I'm going to go a little bit further up. So, talking about these men, they receive revelation from God and have his priesthood. And therefore, thus they can teach his plan, perform his work, and direct his church with authority they help clarify past confusion and misunderstanding by teaching the correct knowledge of the plan of salvation we accept these men as prophets of god we follow the guidance and direction the lord gives us through them
1: yeah and if anyone is struggling right now to think of any time when apostles have either contradicted themselves one another or confused us here are a couple of examples oh we'll get to that in a minute prophetic confusion so here's one quentin l cook and brigham young both prophet and revelators apparently uh brigham young said i will remark regarding to, uh, with regard to slavery in as much as we believe in the Bible, in as much as we believe in the ordinances of God, in the priesthood and order and decrees of God, we must believe in slavery. Sorry, she's looking at me cause I was doing a silly voice.
2: No, and also just, just those silly words. I mean, if a prophet said it.
1: Yeah, we, we must believe in slavery, whereas, how much later, 1852 to 2021. Now, I said this in a previous video, I said that presentism does not work with prophets, seers, and revelators. And let me tell you why these guys claim to speak for God. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So in 1852, when a prophet of God says slavery is correct, and he says that he speaks for God, that is God saying slavery is correct. I'm not saying that's correct, because I think it's bull. But Brigham Young was speaking to the membership who believed him to be speaking for God, so they cannot claim ah, he was a product of his time, or it was a different time, you know, he was just speaking as a man. No, he was speaking in his office. Now, Quentin Cook, in General Conference in 2021, one of the reasons for the violent opposition to our members was most of them were opposed to slavery. But yet, the head of the church was for it.
2: Yeah. Seems eye, a bit
1: confusing.
2: I roll number one.
1: Do you want to go with uh, Russell M. Nelson's classic from the last 10 years?
2: Is that because you can't do a good impression of um, Rusty?
1: Go on, let's see what you got.
2: <laughs> I'm not going to try. I just wondered if that's why you gave it to me. Okay, 2016. And then when the Lord inspired his prophet, President Thomas S. Monson, to declare the mind of the Lord and the will of the Lord prohibiting baptism for children of LGBT parents, each of us during that sacred moment felt a spiritual confirmation.
1: Right. Can I just say he has gone full bore. This is what God has said. Spiritual confirmation, will of the Lord. The Lord inspired his prophet.
2: Is he talking about himself for a minute? I thought he was telling me that I'd felt one. No. (laughs) I was like, you can't say that for me.
1: No, he's oh, talking okay. about himself,
2: right? Okay,
1: did Did he move your world
2: so, so I can hear footsteps? They had a mini confirmation, a spiritual confirmation, each one of us that sacred moment.
1: You see, he wasn't present in church then either, yeah, because the actual present in church at that time was Thomas S. Monson, who was suffering from dementia well,
2: i was just about to say that can we remember when 2016 when did russell yeah. M.
1: nelson come in no i think the having having heard the stories around this uh spiritual confirmation it was very much russell M. nelson and Dallin h oaks's show they were running the church seeing as thomas s monson who should have been all of these men should have been retired far uh, a long 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 time ago before oh, they say these things yeah you know. um, So that was a sad one. But yeah, 2016, they went out there, they gave it, they said it's from God. And then three years later,
2: these policy changes allowing baptism for children of LGBT parents came after an extended period of counselling with our brethren in the quorum of the 12 apostles and after fervent united prayer to understand the will of the Lord
1: on these matters, can I just say in the first one, the Lord inspired his prophet, okay, and declared the mind of the Lord. Whereas in the second one, it's been downgraded from the mind of the Lord to a policy. Yeah, these policy changes, and that's the thing about the church, there were always its doctrine until it's inconvenient then it becomes a policy so if anyone ever asks what's a doctrine what's a policy everything is a doctrine until it's unpopular
2: and we open the side door
1: at that point it gets kicked out of the policy bucket into uh, the doctrine bucket into the policy bucket so downgraded and then you we can change policies and procedures as much as we like and get away with it so there are just two confusions or silly things that Yeah, the prophets and so-called prophets and apostles have said, but are they really apostles? We've already spoken a little bit about um, the whole succession from Peter through the Catholic Church and different things. And uh, Mormon Fleshwind, who we had on a couple of weeks ago with an amazing episode.
2: I'm excited to
0: see this PD
1: Speaks about Mormon apostles. Let's see what he's got.
0: The Mormon church claims to be led by apostles who are continuously replaced after they die. Mormonism claims this is the restored, original church established by Jesus with the very same organization. But is that really how the early church was led? To be one of the original twelve apostles, they had to have been with Jesus from the beginning and stayed faithful to him. That's how Matthias was chosen after Judas died. The apostles chose bishops to lead the various churches. Lists of those bishops and their successors are well documented for over 2,000 years. But what's not in all that record keeping of early Christianity? Apostles. The apostles were not replaced when they died. They were not meant to be a continuous office, especially since they had to have known Jesus. Now Mormons will say there was a great apostasy and the line of apostles was lost. So how could that have happened? So maybe number one, maybe new apostles were called, but every bit of documentation in all the Mediterranean world was lost, even if they did get all those bishops for two millennia, correct? Number two, maybe the Roman Empire was so surgically precise that they were able to kill every apostle exactly before calling new apostles. Uh, How about scenario number three? Um, Then maybe every single one of the original 12 apostles were apostates, and they were the cause of the great apostasy because they didn't pass on their apostolic uh, mantles. And option number four, and the most likely explanation, is that the prophet Joseph Smith just made it all up.
2: Yeah, well... Uh, as I say to you, going back to the days of being um, TBM, I look at myself now and struggle to think that there were so many things that were unquestioned. Um, part of the reason, though, you know, for your show, PD, is not necessarily, you know, to, to be doing these questions, but that there's a community, that we come together, um, you know, that we have a little laugh at ourselves for all those things that we did. And you know that that we're kind to ourselves now,
1: yeah, but they're not apostles
2: i I didn't say they were
1: yeah that's that's the point there they're not apostles these um I, I mean they're not anyway, but even by that if if we believed in the whole apostolic succession, uh um, Mormon Fleshman made a good point there that they were never succeeded unless the person succeeding them lived in the time of jesus um now, some people argue the Apostle Paul, I think when I mentioned, when I spoke with the uh, Mormon flesh wound, he spoke about the Apostle Paul, and uh, basically the Apostle Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles, so he was saying, uh, if, you, if you go by that, then all of these apostles could be apostles to the Gentiles, um, but yeah, they're not special witnesses of Jesus Christ, as they've admitted themselves when Dallin H. Oaks said that he has never seen jesus christ and he doesn't know that any of his brethren have ever seen him so they're just poxy old businessmen okay we're getting we're getting there now the the investigator is suitably warmed up and ready to give 200 likes if you've not given a like yet please do so we're on 29 um it really helps with the good old algorithm and getting things uh, out there so everyone can come and partake
2: because, speaking of good olds, what is that on your screen pd oh
1: uh, the church loves a good mobile phone analogy so i have got one too and we'll get there
2: what i'd be really impressed at is if you could bring one of those out from under your desk
1: no i'll sp- <laughs> i'll speak to my wife because usually when i need to find something that's where i find it she knows where it is all right um mini pd just coming to tell us someone's on the phone <laughs> we-, we will talk to them later out. okay principle six attending church meetings and partaking of the sacrament everyone just switched off um, so this is where they,
2: <laughs>
1: this is where they tell the investigator you have to come to church to our epoxy meetings every week in order to feel fulfilled um so it speaks about the sacrament it says that jesus instituted the sacrament and that we use bread and water. But did anyone ever wonder why we use bread and water and not wine and unleavened bread? I
2: don't know. Did no, you didn't. Ever, this is, what's it? I'm thinking, what did you tell them what time church started? And they just looked at you and went, You've got no chance. No matter what you said up until now, I am not getting out of bed for 9 30 on a Sunday morning.
1: Well, the thing is, they might get out of nine bed, uh, bed at 9 30 on a Sunday morning for like 10 minutes to get a drink or something, but for three whole hours.
2: And especially if there was no wine on offer.
1: It was a little bit of a stretch. So, water, not wine. um In 1830, the church adopted in every respect the Book of Mormon teaching and practice regarding the use of wine for the sacrament. So they used wine. It, when it gives the sacrament prayers in the Book of Mormon, it says wine. Um, so somehow though, Joseph Smith later felt free to procure a purported revelation from the same Jesus Christ contradicting his previous straightforward commandment on how to always administer the sacrament, Doctrine and Covenants 27.2, where, he, but uh, we are told that it mattereth not what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink when ye partake of the sacrament. I feel like you could, you could apply it to everything. It doesn't matter what the church is called. You know what I mean? That's kind of a, it's all about just the spirit of it. Don't worry about it. But we're all militant about what the church is called. We have like eight-year-olds telling us off these days. We're you, not Mormons.
2: You mean to tell me that that could be a, a block of Cadbury's dairy milk? We could each have one section of dairy milk chocolate to pass around. Oh, my and gosh.
1: Park. Yeah, that's... that's That would almost get me to church with a thimble of milk.
0: <laughs> I was wondering what the drink was
2: going to be. It would have been a thimble of milk for me. But I also keep thinking, could you imagine the stories in our crazy sacrament meetings on a testimony if wine was served in those cups? It's bad enough as it is now?
1: Well, they... they... <laughs> It speaks of the modification, the context of this modification, according to the caption, um, preceded the text of section 27, so in the header, is that Joseph had gone to procure wine for a religious service, but returned without it, claiming that an angel had met him along the way and told him his errand was unnecessary and neither bread nor wine were vital to the ordinance. Now, I I reckon Emma had given him some money for the wine, He'd gone on his way and then he'd spent it at the bookies.
2: (laughs) I just I cannot believe this is the first time PD that I I am reading about this. This is straight up. You're not having me on. No. So all those times when the bread is forgotten on a Sunday and someone has to leg it up to get the two slices of bread. We could have just had a word with old Joe on front and we could have passed out a word as original to everyone.
1: It would have been much better, wouldn't it? Oh,
2: the times you know? we could have saved.
1: You could have the priest just with that crap microphone un- undoing everything. With the rap. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It's like, I wish I'd have known this because as missionaries, we always used to ask the question, does baptism by immersion count if you do it in beer?
2: It's got to be a yeah.
1: Well, clearly now it doesn't matter what you do it in. You know what I mean? There are there are far better ways to uh, pass a sacrament, it seems. And back then, the Word of Wisdom wasn't even a thing. Like, people had looked now they'd be like, oh, we have water because of the Word of Wisdom. Not even a thing back then. It was just that he went out, said he met an angel along the way, and uh, was told not to worry about it.
2: Interesting how those angels, you know. Just appear. Yeah, but I, w- I wonder, you know, what the thing is. It's really, really important that you marry this 14-year-old girl, so I'm going to send an angel. It's really, really important that you don't have any wine this week. I'm going to send an it. It's not really the same relative importance, is it?
1: You know, could you imagine if I came home and said, right, I've just been to the shop, but I met an angel along the way <laughs> and I didn't get you those bananas. I've bought some Ben and Jerry's because it doesn't matter what it is, he said. He says, just enjoy it.
2: No wonder you are always bringing rubbish up. No wonder I'm
1: fat. right um so back to the phone because i know that sister pd is dying to know what it's about um basically it tells us
2: look at those hands on that phone is that like like the jesus receiving hand
1: oh my gosh
2: stretch forth thy hand and take it
1: the little one is the officiator
2: it's got a hole in that hand is that christ's hand
1: oh my gosh sister pd you know what i just google imaged it
2: I just wonder if the church has got shares in Nokia.
1: You're like the person who sees Jesus in the grilled cheese. (laughs) You're like, you see that dog's bum and you're like, it's Jesus. Right then. So uh, basically it sets the investigator up here to be like, you need to be baptized and you need to come to church every week. But if you don't come to church every week, you will fail and that's where the phone comes in because they put them on a pay as you go plan but um they put them on a pay-as-you-go plan as in you need to come to church every week and keep our commandments or your service will be rejected you'll run out of credit with the lord you cannot you cannot do it without coming to church every week and topping up your credit
2: yes i have heard these analogies
1: yeah and the reason, for, like, because they've got the whole one with the, the phone in the hat. So I thought, you know.
2: I think we're on the family plan, which is that as long as one of us goes, or one of our relatives <laughs> goes, or one of our parents goes.
1: Can you roll over the data?
2: <laughs> we'll, we'll be all right.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Just let them go buy 100 gigs and we'll just take a few at a time.
2: But you're right, PD. And when we were preparing for the show, I know we don't have too much time left. But I was genuinely thinking about you saying to the investigators, you need to be there every Sunday and giving the reasons why you need to be there every Sunday. And I was thinking about my childhood and I was thinking about us as newly married couples and how we would go on holiday and we would go to church. That had to happen. And how there are members who would say that if they miss, but one Sunday, Mm. the whole week is wrong. It's all out of kilter because I haven't had my two hours as it is now, three hours as it was then. I think you're right. There is so much instilled on that three hours and in a way i don't mean to 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 jump too far but remember we were talking about one of the previous discussions about forming a habit was it really habit over anything else if we didn't go because we happened to be on holiday and people would say that they felt that missingness that there just wasn't something right was that because of you know what we were missing out on or was that just pure habit
1: it was pure habit and the best Sundays were the Sundays when it snowed <laughs> and here in the UK it snows like two inches and the whole country shuts down because we don't do snow. Um so it snows and then everyone's like, Oh, think of all the old deers trying to get to church and all those broken hips. I could get there, but they couldn't. I so would, there's no church today.
2: Woo-hoo! No, I would just like to point out that when it snows in the UK, the bishop has got the decision to make on whether the building goes ahead or not.
1: Yeah, it was an easy decision, though.
2: Yeah, but we have been at that chapel moving that snow yeah. the night before so the church could, could go ahead. I remember
1: you heavily pregnant <sighs> with a shovel and me with a shovel and a couple of elders trying to shovel the whole parking lot for everyone and then i don't think church happened the next day or if it did i don't think you got thanked
0: and fast
2: forward we could have zoomed it
1: oh you know what but back then you couldn't take photos in the chapel because they wouldn't develop (laughs) okay no thank you and by this point sister pd you are ready will you be baptized
2: i have to be completely honest i know that i say that i have supported you as a missionary pd but i'm even more confused now I kept saying that I wanted these lessons and I wanted the simplisticness of the gospel and I want it all laid down to me. I am more confused.
1: Yeah and I think that's the whole point for investigators. They put them in a situation where they've kind of carved out a hole in their life and said you don't know what happens here and you will never know what happens here unless you buy our product.
2: And just touching on that red box there PD about in the worship services and the members based on what we were talking about, about habit and what things will happen, you know, it's almost as if saying you need to come on a Sunday to have a good week, um, you know, because attending the worship service will bring you blessings, um, and also that, you know, you need those people, you need the support of those members to strengthen you for the week ahead. You know, it's almost that kind of like, I guess it's like the protection, isn't it?
1: I remember always saying that Sunday was the worst day of the week because it was busier than work. Like you go to work, you've got a list of things to do, or you've got a very set role, and you get on with your job, um, and you go home and forget about it. Sundays, you go to church, 7.30 you start with Bishop Rick, 8.30 PEC, nip home, pick you and the kids up, 10 o'clock, sacrament starts, and then you've got your three hours till one o'clock, and then you've got the queue outside the bishop's office to get through, and then if your counselors weren't you know, up to it or they had to go somewhere, then you had to go sit and do tithing. And then it was like four o'clock and you, you'd done a full like seven till four shift of psychological warfare with people who were bringing every problem under the sun. And I didn't have a hotline. I'm disappointed.
2: Well, also maybe just to, to, to finish on that topic there, it's definitely FOMO. And that's the yeah. and I'm sorry if I'm using, you know, I, I've I've got the, they Mark want to create Crispin's their own gut tonight. Um but it clearly says there those who neglect these meetings, so fear of missing out, those who neglect these meetings miss blessings that the Lord had provided, you know, has provided. So if you were gonna be blessed that week and you don't turn up. You can expect that blessing to go to someone
0: else.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. There's there's enough to be handed out. And if fewer people go, they get more. Um, Richard Heath, let's end on this one. He had an investigator once who very loudly, during the passing of sacrament, asked the deacon if she could have some jam on her bread. And she could have had it for it mattereth not. (laughs) And on that note, um church, if you're listening, jam on bread, and we'll all come back. But thank you for being with us this evening. Sister PD, thank you as always. And we will catch you on the next one.
0: See ya. Bye bye.